Once again, everybody, welcome to the 62nd episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. No strangers here. It's just Alex and I. I'm Trav of Nest Friend. That's Alex of Snest Drunk. And uh, ever so often we get together and sometimes we talk to a stranger and sometimes we just talk to one another about whatever we want to. And today, much of the latter. Yeah, it's... um. I mean, I've, we have kind of bullet points that we're going to go by, but <laughs> otherwise we're just going to fly by the seat of our ass here. Yeah, and, seat of uh, our ass. Just, You're not even wearing pants today. No, hell no. It's too hot. Too hot. But uh, but uh, yeah, we've, we, we, we did give each other homework, though. We'll get to that a bit later. That's right. A good, a fun homework. I wish growing up in school, I got homework like this. Where it was just like, hey, go home and play a video game, and then come back in a week. Tell me what you thought. Ah, oh. I mean, of course we what do an that. Awesome now. class that would be. God, that would be awesome. I know. Well, we we essentially do that with our videos, but um, it was kind of fun to play a game and review it and feel like I didn't have to make a video about it. I'll be honest with you. So, well, how about we how about we start a service here where we we commission a class. Let's get like a bunch of kids <laughs> to play some free mobile games. And they can write reviews for them, uh, and then the teacher can grade them, and then the teacher can also pass along the good ones, so we can kind of curate the reviews and then post them on Google Play or whatever format or whatever uh, thing, and then uh, that way we have that many more uh, honest reviews out there. Ah, oh, I see what you're doing. Those kinds they're, of reviews. They're, yeah, no, they're not going to... Then again, that would be hell for the teacher, because you know, if a kid can pick any game they want... Uh, then you know the teachers. You know they're they're gonna have. I guess we would have to be the teachers in that case, right? Yeah, that's what I was. It was sounding like more work for me, which was why I got yeah. real quiet. But I think it's got a good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got a good spirit about it. It's got a really good I spirit. Just, I, I just want to find free games on my mobile thing when I'm bored out of my mind, waiting in line at the pharmacy or something. Uh, just trying to just just looking for a decent game to kill twenty minutes. And uh, Man, I can't how long find were the lines at your pharmacy. Twenty minutes, dude. The drive-through there is split up into like two lanes. Uh, people God. take forever. It's yeah, it sucks. It's the worst. Jeez. But yeah, <laughs> uh, should have said a drive-through at Twisters or something more. Uh, What's that? More old old timey. Oh, you guys don't have Twisters? Yeah, that's uh, Southwest, I guess. Um, oh, I was going to say we do like, have Twisters because last night. In my Ooh, very small town, we got some segway. tornado sightings and warnings. It was scary. We don't get them very often around here because we're very hilly. And when we hear about tornado warnings, we're like, nah, probably not us. But then I pulled up the map and was like, oh, my God, that's heading right toward my friend Brian's house. And uh, he's fine. Everybody was fine. couple trees down and that kind of thing. But, yeah, twisters. Yeah. Have, have, you ever, have you ever had a close brush with a tornado before? I have, believe it or not. Well, I will say mm. I personally didn't. I was in college. My my parents uh, back home, there was a big twister outbreak out of nowhere, like twenty seven or uh, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and one went down the street. My mom and dad were sitting on the porch, no wind where they were, could see the twister just rip through down like through the moonlight, just go down the road. They could hear it, sounded like a train, and uh, a lot of displaced homes and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, dad, of course, tried to take a video of it on like his BlackBerry, which. It didn't look like anything. It looked like he just dropped his phone down a flight of stairs, and he's like, you see the tornado? I was like, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't see it. I think you might have actually had the phone backwards, but thanks, Dad. <laughs> Filming his front pocket the whole time. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Dad's, dad stuff. 
Um, wow, that's pretty crazy. Uh, I've never been close. You know, believe it or not, Minnesota does get a lot of tornado action. It's always yeah. the same areas, too. It's always the north suburbs like Anoka and like Cambridge and further north than that, like Buffalo, Wyoming, all that sort of stuff. But um, I do. When I think of tornadoes, I always remember this bizarre story. It's bizarre just because I remember it, and it's bizarre. It's just a really dumb thing I said as a kid. I got picked in my elementary school for this weird, uh, like, quote-unquote, higher learning class. Mm -hmm. It it, it was basically like a a quote-unquote special kids class. It's like, you think weird. We want to know why. And, (laughs) you know, your brain is strange. We want to study it. So they would, like, ask us all sorts of stuff. And we were told to just, like, brainstorm and, like, come up with stuff, write it down, uh, or say it out loud or whatever. And um, I remember one of the things uh, that got the biggest reaction by far of anything I said was like, okay, what? so there's a tornado warning. Uh, so let's say there's a tornado warning like in your town. You have to uh, prepare for it. What what kind of thoughts go through your mind? When, what, what do you need to think about? What do you need to do? What are you responsible for? And we're like eight being asked this. I'm like eight years old. And I say... I'm like really, I like, I'm like really excited because then I get to move all my all my stuff down in the basement and organize everything, and I get to sit downstairs and play Nintendo while the, all the bad weather passes through, and I get to be downstairs with my dog Rudy, and I always remember the look on her face as I'm saying this. She's like, "What the fuck is this kid talking? <laughs> like he's excited? Like what? he's excited to organize shit? What the hell is I wrong with that? It? I love." And that. there was like this long pause, and she's like. All right. <laughs> it was like it was like Pat, a classic Pat Summer all like, "All right. Thanks, John." <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Well, yeah, was, yeah, that's uh, so it's just proof that I have always been this freaking anal and weird about uh note taking and just organizing stuff, compartmentalizing that's everything. That's so good. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah, I was excited f- for tornadoes. I was like, "Man, I love our basement." That's where the Super Nintendo is. If I would have overheard that, I would have turned around and been like, that guy's my best friend. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember this. Uh, the girl sitting next to me, her name was Katie. She, I remember uh, she had said something weird, too, and the teacher didn't not really know what to make of it. I really wish I remember what that was, but I remember, there were only yeah, like six kids. On in, like a documentary the, somewhere? Is it like? I wish, man. Yeah, it was. there were only six, six or seven of us, but I remember sitting next to her for each one of those, and it was just bizarre. <laughs> like, they just kept asking us stuff, and, like I, and it wasn't just that class, either. It was later on, when I was in junior high, it's like, you're good at taking tests. We want to know why. You have to sit through in this class now 30 minutes a week for the rest of the semester it's like okay do i get a say in this at all (laughs) it's just something i have to do Uh, i hated those years but yeah it's it's more like brain poking basically like what happens when we do this what do you think about this it's like what am i curating my test strategy for you like I just get lucky sometimes because it's true. I, I would get C's and D's in science classes and in math and stuff, but on on the assignments, just because I didn't give a shit. But on tests, I would always do really well. And they were just like, what the hell's your problem, dude? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Figure it out yourself. Maybe your teachers suck. You ever think of that? There, It could be that. Yeah. Maybe they <laughs> thought you were like an X-Man and they were like, maybe, got a, maybe they got mutant powers. We need to pull these If it were just... Them. 
if it were just me, I would be really freaked out. But there was a bunch of <laughs> it was like some sort of like uh, district sponsored thing. Uh, they they did it throughout. It, like the superintendent started like a special program so for kit to help kids. I don't know. I forget what the deal was, but yeah, it was a uh, very interesting stuff and the 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 grade school school stuff was interesting because i yeah, get to for sure talk about how much i love tornadoes yeah well to bring it back to tornadoes yeah well i definitely live in a place where torna- tornadoes aren't common they're very sneaky around here because we're not used to them so um and we don't know how to act you're not supposed to stand on your porch and just stare at it like my dad did i know that and i told him not to do that <laughs> at, least, at least he didn't go on the roof <laughs> i know i know he would have if he could have i bet okay well <laughs> Uh, what do we want to get into here? You've you've written down here in the intro. You have college football nonsense, and I think, I, I just want to make some predictions real quick. Yeah, let's like, do wh- that. What do you? How do you want to do this? Oh, you know what? I forgot. I was going to. Uh, okay, college football wins over under. So let's let's go to uh, the first result here. Let's go to. Uh, I, I just typed in college football wins over under, and I'm going to go to. <laughs> Some of these numbers are already making me laugh. So let's. Uh, I'll. I'll paste the link to you. Okay. Are we in the? Yeah, we are in the. We're in the big. We're one. in the normal thing. Why are we in there? I don't know. We're not in a another uh, like a private message or whatever. I don't want to talk about Alabama, Clemson, no, it's Ohio boring. State. Boring. Boring. Like we know they're going to be good. Boring. Uh, e- even Georgia and crap like that. But I do like. Um, programs like uh michigan yeah like what's michigan gonna do this year they're over under is 7.5 so you can either bet they're going to win eight games or more or seven games or less where are you leaning on harbaugh uh and now i'm not gonna look at any schedules we're not doing anything like that this is gonna no be no no yeah quick... this is just sheer over under quick and dirty yeah my gut says seven seven wins yes yeah. <laughs> i would laugh so hard Oh, uh, you know what? Just to be contrarian, I that forces me to go over. Then I have to root for Michigan this year. I'm going to say eight. It's feasible, but I, the thing is, is that the Big Ten was kind of weird last year because Indiana was really good out of nowhere. Yeah, and the Gophers were serviceable. So Michigan kind of caught the. Although well, Michigan State is is completely falling off a cliff, but Michigan is uh, going to be solid. Or you know, they kind of cut the brunt end of that uh, with uh, some of the better quality that they probably weren't used to so but i still think they'll eke out eight wins yeah we're not even looking at the crappy non-conference schedule that they're they're playing i don't even know if they play like you know have like a big game at the beginning of the year like you know because they're they're a big name like are they playing like notre dame or something like that no it doesn't matter they're they're gonna win eight games that's that's my prediction you know what's funny about this website huh uh one they misspelled duke which is hard to do (laughs) they spelled it duel with an L, and also they left off both Virginia teams. There's no Virginia or no Virginia what Tech. What the hell? We as a well, state maybe do not exist. Maybe <laughs> maybe their uh, program is such in flux that they couldn't set a number for it because they, they didn't know uh, what to put. Yeah, maybe. That is, I, that they, is weird, They though. have all the SEC, all the Pac-12, all the yeah, Big all Ten. The big, <laughs> all the Big Ten, but um, yeah, they're missing ACC... The there's some Virginia Virginia Tech there, but that's okay because I didn't want to bet on my own team anyway. It makes me sad to have to say they're only going to win six games. That is weird. And who misspells Duke? Duel? <laughs> Dule. Dule. <laughs> so Trav under eight and a half, Alex over. 
wait, no, seven and a half it was, right? Yeah, yeah. That is so low for them. That is hilarious. Uh, over seven and a half. I think they can win eight games. I think if I had to pick a most hated program from you other than Virginia, mm-hmm. it'd probably be be Miami, am yeah, I right? I'd, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Miami. Um, yeah, Miami is, they're is at nine, at and a nine half. point nine and a half. There's no way they're winning ten games. Come no, on. I, th- I think I think we're looking at an eight at most. And that's generous. I have to I have to go under there too. Really nice. They are they bringing back a lot of talent or something? Is that do they have a quarterback suddenly? Because uh, they were atrocious. I think it's just the rest of the ACC's dog's ass. I'll just admit that. Yeah, a lot of these other over unders on the ACC, like Florida State five and a half, <laughs> Louisville six and a half, Georgia Tech five. Dule, uh, three and a half. Uh, God, Pittsburgh. <laughs> I forgot they existed. So you pick one now. Who, who's, which one that? What, what's one that you want to pick over? That mm. You think is uh, who do I think's rated a little bit low? Um, yeah. Huh. That's a really good question. That's a really good question because I feel like m- most everything rated below an eight is pretty accurate. Hmm. You know. This there's another typo in this. Do you see it says Ohio State at one? That can't be right. They gotta be. That's gotta be an eleven. <laughs> not the most professional website out there. Uh, apparently, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I would say, oh man, what a tough question. Maybe LSU gets to nine just because it's LSU. But it's hard. It's hard to get the nine wins in the SEC. Right, let's put you down for it. LSU, Trav, Chalk over nine and a half. Or uh, eight and a half is their over under, so they mm-hmm. will get to nine wins. I'm not gonna. I don't have a dog in that fight, but I will take my own wild card here. I'm gonna say Iowa State nine and a half. I'm gonna say oh, over. You going, speaking of twisters, you going for the Cyclones? There, I'm going for the Cyclones. Yep. I think uh, it's gonna be them and Oklahoma again. I mean, who else is in the Big Twelve? Great question. Not twelve teams. Maybe eight teams now. So not very many. <laughs> Uh, we got uh is les miles still in kansas i mean <laughs> I, well, I don't think so i don't know i think he had a yeah, thing a going disaster. on there yeah what's his name uh coach strong that strong guy uh at texas what was his name charlie? cecil strong charlie charlie strong <laughs> cecil cecil strong sounds like a stronger guy actually <laughs> yeah that's his brother that's his older brother that's good. Yeah, I think I think we can call it a wrap on that. Four teams okay. is good. Four teams. All uh, right. Yeah, Michigan. You said under. I took over. Uh, we're both saying under Miami. Do you want to let's do you want to pick a, a a shitty team and just so we have somebody to pull for? Oh yes, yeah, so we have somebody to root for. They'll they'll be the official team of the Drunk Fred podcast. I'm gonna go with Vanderbilt. Why don't we just roll with Dule? You want to roll with? I hate Dule. I don't hate you. Uh, okay. I'm sorry if you're a Dooley fan, whatever. But uh, I just I see them enough. I I, I want to pull for a team I don't have to face. How about Vanderbilt? Uh, oh yeah, Vanderbilt would be perfect because they're on TV inexplicably all the time because yeah. they're SEC. SEC. So, and it's always an uphill climb for those guys. So I'm I'm hoping they get to four. All right, they're we are firmly big out of three. Vandy fans this year on this podcast. Uh, d- who are some Vandy alumni? Jay Cutler is the only guy I can think of. Aaron Rodgers' little brother, Jay Cutler. Uh, I mean, you could consider Penn State's coach an alumni of there uh, because oh, he coached James there Franklin, for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not technically, he actually alum, made them pretty good too. He did, yeah. That's, I mean, that's why he got that job. Yeah, yeah. They're not uh, definitely not known for their football, but you know, what? I have partied in the um, 
in well, I've gone to Nashville. I've partied in the honky tonk section. I say party, meaning I went to bars before they closed. So chalk that up for you know, whatever you want. I had no idea that Vanderbilt was actually in Nashville. Yeah. That's, well, there's a whole side of cool. Nashville that's different. So like I said, you got the touristy side where it's all just Dolly Parton covers. And then you have the college side, which is yeah. weird because it's still UT fans. But uh, it's right outside Vanderbilt, but it's a different vibe altogether. It's still live music all over the place, but it's like stuff that you would probably listen to and not stuff that your granddad from Oklahoma listens to, you know, different different <laughs> vibes. Huh, that's pretty interesting. So I where guess. is UT? Oh, UT is Knoxville. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Let's move on to our homework. All right. You want to go first? Yeah. So I got to play Rush San Francisco. Rush 2049. We should probably explain to people what like what what we did. Yeah, did I get ahead of myself? So we we each we picked a game for each other just to dabble in, come in here and be like, "What'd you think?" Maybe a bit of a dark horse game that we think the other one should play and we think is fun, maybe something a little off the beaten path, maybe a B-tier game in terms of recognizability. I got to play San Francisco Rush 2049, which Jason Heine was a huge fan of and we talked about how he accidentally entered a cheat code by squeezing the controller. <laughs> which was funny yep. right and uh so yeah i got to play that and it was it was fun because i like in 64 racing games first and foremost and so i was kind of very thankful that you picked this because i was like this is right in my literal wheelhouse because cars have wheels and what i don't like about it is that uh, it's hard i tried to play a lot of the races i didn't finish above third place i sat there for two hours and i was like holy fuck why can't i go faster in this car but other than that, it was good. But the stunts, that's where the fun is, because you get to have a car with wings. And I didn't even... I played that game before. <laughs> I didn't know you could make your car have wings in the races. I had no idea. I completely yeah. whiffed on that. There's so. all sorts of ridiculous crap in that game. It's did you crazy. ever... Did you... Did you go to the stunt course itself, where yeah. there's all those, like, ridiculous, like... It, it, it looks like a Trapper Keeper cover. Yes. With all the, oh, like, perfect. bright bright ass colors and weird shapes and you could just ramp off of them and the best part is the physics are so is the physics are so nonsensical and just like half-assed and thrown together especially depending on what vehicle you pick like if you pick like the the big 70s volkswagen van it'll like fly in the air like a freaking shoebox somehow and then uh, it'll land on all four tires and then tip over and explode. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. The explosions are great, it's like, too. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed... There's, like, this thing in the middle that has these spikes, and I enjoyed trying to hit that at full speed and making my car oh, just yeah. turn into a you dart. Just, oh, you man. just start drifting. <laughs> yeah. Super addictive. I wasn't even worried about... Because I don't think I could get... I didn't know how to get past that... Um, that particular stunt course, I, maybe I have to unlock them, and I wasn't good enough to unlock them. And in fact, I wasn't even good enough to enter the code to unlock them. I tried to cheat, and I could. I tried for like 20 minutes. I couldn't get this code to fucking work. And I was like, well, I guess we're just going to play that track over and over. And I did, and it was still fun. Oh, there... The I forget how I did that. I think I, I think the cheat must have worked for me because I was able to unlock a, a whole bunch of that stuff. So well, I'm, I'm even there, bad there is at cheat a codes. cheat. That's not good. Well, right? no, it's it's they probably got it wrong on Game Facts or something. It's not your fault. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> they do get that shit wrong sometimes. Go go over there and thumb that down. You ever you ever notice that 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 site has that with the thumb system on game facts i'm like what when did this happen anyway getting way off track getting way off track well how did you i mean did you play this game uh back in what you might call the dizzy or it was it a recent 
discovery for you, this Rush 24. Yeah, I got a used N64, uh, I don't know, in like 2000, I think. I was still living with my parents. So yeah, it had to have been like 2000. I think it was just in a random summer. I was working at the, the golf course. Just decide, you know, I was like, well, I, I might as well just get an N64 uh, and get like five games for it. And that happened to be one of them. Uh, and, uh, it was freaking hilarious. It was just a, a laugh out loud, funny, uh, the stunt course, just because the physics were so nonsensical. I really liked, uh, it was almost like a, it was almost like the game had comedic timing because, uh, ah, if you flipped it. in the, if you flipped in the air a thousand times, if, even if you were lucky enough to land on all four wheels, your car would still somehow find the momentum to tip over and explode every single time. It was like some, it was like something out of the Simpsons. You know how they would uh, anytime oh, anybody yeah. got an, even like a tiny little fender bender or something. This fire explosion, like Homer pouring milk into the cornflakes, cornflakes <laughs> explode. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I I really enjoyed that game. I also had like WWF. Uh, I think that was the reason I got the n64 because i i got it really cheap and i was able to get uh, i really l- dug the wrestling games on it uh like no mercy wrestlemania 2000 and stuff like that so because i remember playing those a lot uh and road rash 64 of course oh of course i mean the the original comedy jam generator yes but yeah i, I was only surprised with how 2049 was such a challenge on the circuit mode because typically i can jump in on a beginner mode on any n64 racer and earn my way to a quick championship and unlock some tracks and cars and in that one i was having no luck and i was like am i missing a turbo button or something there's a lot of shortcuts and stuff and it's not like it's bad like i thought it was like still fun to play i like a good competitive game but i was really impressed with like man this one does not hold back yeah uh i do have memories of losing a lot uh (laughs) not just on the stunt course but in like normal races uh if you had to pick the best racer on the N64 what what do you what are you going with uh, how about you do if you do like the best two if you can't pick one yeah well like i said uh this is a recent polykill top 5 so my number 2 oh nice i i do i fucking remember what it was i don't know i'll wing it cuz i really don't remember uh you know what i don't remember my number 2 but my number 1 was F0 because it's super good on the N64 oh once really you fast. get the the randomizer track is an insane idea and yeah. so freaking cool when you when you finally get to that that yes. part because you you, the, you can play the game until the end of time and have a new track every time it's freaking awesome and it looks such a cool idea it looks really good for the 64 and it's super fast oh yeah i also like beetle adventure racing it has no business being that good because it's just yeah beetles but it's it's solid it's a good one though as in volkswagen yes beetles, not yes. uh paul george john <laughs> and ringo <laughs> oh paul why are you passing me again yeah, it's not, not that. Oh, I looked over at John, and he's doing a little drively wobbly, and I look over at Ringo, and you know he's doing a little little, little, little breakity drakity. I'm so happy you had some Beatles impersonations canned, ready to go from that's, there. That that's not even that's not even a good Paul. It's Dana Carvey's version of Paul. Most of my versions of anything are just me doing Dana Carvey Dana Carvey's Dana exactly. Carvey's versions of it. Me too. Where he has a new bit now, uh, where he, I think it's like John Lennon visits Paul McCartney on Earth, and Paul tries to explain to John uh, what's going on with current events. The reason D- Dana Carvey said he got to that point was because like all news sounds 
happy and pleasant when it comes from Paul McCartney. Like he should be a news anchor because <laughs> the way he, it's not only like the sing songy cadence that he talks with and it's the, the, the accent and just the timber of his voice, but just the way he explains things and makes it sound so simple. Like, Oh, you know, got this little uh, pandemic going on. No, you just get a little, little prick in the arm and you're good to go. You know, pretty soon we're we're gonna have uh, our kids taking these shots. You know, you just keep them, carry them along in your pocket, and you know, just take them out. They get a little poke in their arm, and then they're good. Yeah, you know, that's a terrible Paul, but yeah, it's. How did we get? How did we get here? That I don't was know. Weird. I don't. That know. was a weird turn. I think it's because I thought you might have meant Beatles at first. Oh, that. Yep, that's it. That's right. And that's uh, you got to play an NES game. Yeah, uh, you picked a, a Konami game for me, one that I had never played before called Laser Invasion. And there are some two uh, unfortunately placed S's, like the font choice <laughs> on the S's yeah. on the title screen. You are not wrong. Is questionable. Yep, that's a good um, point. Yeah, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, I it. So I, I did jot, I don't, you know, I have to take notes on everything I play. I did jot down some notes here just so I would remember really sunk time into this. First of all, there's so many freaking military games on the NES, like, especially Konami stuff. There's so much like rescue missions and, you know, camouflage. <laughs> just like, man, this shit was like way bigger than I remember as a kid. But um, yeah, this game is uh, a gallery shooter. It, it's way too freaking hard with a controller. Way too hard. Um, I should say it's mostly a gallery shooter. They do tend to mix it up a little bit. It, it, but seriously, if you try and play it with a controller, it's kind of like it's like standing at a urinal and someone kicks you in the back, <laughs> like it just just bam. I was like, there's so much shit flying at you so fast, and there's absolutely no way to get the cursor over there in time to shoot stuff accurately. So you're just screwed. So what I did was I ended up playing it uh, on the emulator with a mouse. I just oh, switched okay. the input. Uh, to do the light gun mouse thing. Um, and plus, the game gets way more player-friendly after the first level. The first level, you're in a chopper shooting at stuff flying at you a million miles an hour. The game is, seems like it's impossible. Once you get past that, then um, you get some other stuff. The first-person section, the, the fact that it looks as good as it does is really surprising. There's an actual map that reveals itself. It's like it turns into a freaking, like... RPG almost. It's it's really kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of good ideas and stuff like that. Uh, but at the end, it's still the same old gallery shooters type stuff. It's the same enemy types that you you always get the guy up front with the knife. <laughs> yeah. or, you know the Terminator machine popping up right in front of you. You're always breaking windows in the background. Um, you know, and I was thinking as I was playing this, like. It would be a really cool idea to do a game like that, uh, a game that with like that slow scrolling background, like Cabal, where you're just like gunning stuff down. But it would be awesome if like the backgrounds had some kind of like weird, almost like a Rube Goldberg type sequence that causes something to happen. Like if you oh. shoot a scaffold and yeah. then a, a, it knocks over a barrel of oil and then that allows you to throw like some dynamite into the oil and it becomes like a clear, clear screen attack or something like that. That's smart. Like you... It's almost like a puzzle gallery shooter or something like that. Yeah, it's just I, I wanted more variety, more different stuff. And you compared it to Lone Ranger, and that game has a ton of variety. Where, at, but I think that's a better game by a lot. 
whereas laser invasion like if you like the what do you call it gallery shooter sections yeah. of lone ranger then you'll love laser invasion because it's that stuff is way better in that game but lone ranger just is better overall yeah same, i mean still opinion. both are konami so i think they they influenced each yeah. other i don't know which came first to be honest with you but. yeah yeah it's I, if i had to guess i would say uh laser invasion probably came later uh just because those first person levels look pretty dang cool for by today's standards it's pretty crappy because it's like slow but uh it's still kind of interesting to see yeah it came out four months earlier laser invasion did one really interesting thing about laser invasion too though is um when it came excuse me when it came out it was marketed with a peripheral that you could wear on your head and you would yell fire 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 and the amount of things on screen can you imagine how much you would be yelling fire with that fucking thing on your head <laughs> be insane. Yep. that is what uh what's his name uh james rolf did with yeah. Andrew video game nerd and he's like oh i don't even just need to say fire i can just say fuck i forgot like, about fuck, that yeah fuck 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 yeah i mean you'd evacuate a whole like apartment block if you yelled fire that much <laughs> i didn't even think of that. fire 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 people are like oh my god they, where 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 they didn't think that one through they that sure did was a bad idea there but um <laughs> that's pretty funny uh yeah no I, I enjoyed the game uh it was fun uh and it's something i didn't know existed i like finding uh polished stuff like that or i didn't find it you freaking told me to play it but uh <laughs> i i like finding uh or uh, i like uh playing uh and discovering stuff that uh, is as polished as that a lot of times you know you play something like uh cowboy kid for instance speaking of uh mm-hmm. of uh what do you call it uh, lone ranger cowboy kid it's got you know it's a good game it's got a lot of good ideas does tries to do a lot of different stuff but it's got that like kind of third party jankness to it where the hitboxes are a little off, the sprite animations are just kind of wonky. It's just not, uh, you know, like Cap- Capcom and Konami like just had it down. Yeah, like, they just they just knew what they were doing. Whereas, you know, some other devs back in the day, just you know, it's the games were good, but there's a reason there's not that many hidden gems. Whoa, whoa, hey now, hey, hey, uh, hey, hey now, hey now, hey now. Long story short, short story long. Um, Laser Invasion, decent. Decent, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's hard to find uh, something that's A-tier that you've not touched or played before, so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit yeah, ambitious, there you go. but it's a, good, it's a good time. Yeah, and I hate it when people drag their A-tier expectations into lower tiers. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like, you're not, you're not going to find a freaking, like... Mega Man 3 or something like that uh, made but you know that never was released in the United States that stayed over in Japan and it's like the greatest game ever or something like that like that doesn't exist no Metal Jesus would have found that so long ago (laughs) he's been he's been down in the mines for years he would have found it already quit looking yeah he's 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 he doesn't go down in the mines he stands in front of, if he's not standing in front of a bookshelf he's, <laughs> he's not him he's not himself ah we love him though and he will be on our show one day Dude, <laughs> i just thought of an idea if i ever go uh to a uh, convention or anything like that i am going as i don't even have to go as metal jesus i can just go as like a youtuber a retro gaming YouTuber. And what I can do is I can just walk around with a, like a sheet behind me, like almost like a, a pull screen, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, and have it uh, a printed on it, uh, a bunch of shelves with games 
and just walk around going, what's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? What's up? That sounds more like a Halloween costume, I think, for a, a very bit. extremely niche joke. But um, I mean, I would love to do that at a convention where people yeah. would actually get that joke. Yeah, it would still it would work 100 percent at a convention. A little hefty, but I think it would it would work. Um, speaking of NES games. We had one video come out betwixt us over the last uh, week or so there. Gary fucking yeah. Kitchen is back again with some stealth as fuck ATF. Yeah, but he's his name isn't on this game. He but was ashamed. he did help make it. He felt shame <laughs> about this one. He's like, I put it all over Battle Tank. That did not go well. Pretty boring. So I'm not going to put it all over Stealth ATF, which is more boring, unfortunately. But, yeah, um, you know. Not promising. I still I have fun making videos even about games as bland as Stealth ATF. That's where I know I'm in a good groove with the video making. I'm having fun. Doesn't matter what game it is. I'm out yeah. there looking for the gold. I ended up finding that Gary Kitchen had a hand in this like 11th hour with the script. I was like, what? Gary was involved? I got to bring <laughs> Gary back. And then we had Gary in the video. Ah, oh, good times, man. Thank God for Gary yeah. Kitchen. I'm, 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 I send the guy up the river, but he's he's a pioneer in game development, man. I, I appreciate the guy, but he's he's definitely an easy target when you put your name all over stuff and I have to talk about you. So you did it to yourself, Gary. Yeah, especially when the game's not that good. Screw that. Screw that, Gary. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that game did not look good. It's one of those NES games that uh, I don't know if they tried to save space with the lack of textures and not textures. What's the word I'm looking for? But, you know, like everything is just like one color here, one color there. It's just it's just so bland looking. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And I mean, there's tons of really good looking like, you know, real shoot 'em ups on the system. Yeah. Like Gun That can look good. And like there's tons of games that just look really good. And a lot of those, not even mid-tier. This is C-tier, Gary. I'm sorry. You're borderlining D-tier with your games here. Visually yeah. just like one tree repeated over and over. Just <laughs> right. That's yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, that's the the bush, the the tree in the bush repeating over and over gets, you know, it's like nobody's gonna look at that and be like <laughs> wow, you know, it's, it's so immersive. Not not great. It's, that is a recommendation to avoid, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, not worth anyone's time. Right on. Let's get into some emails. Our first one here is from Paul. Hello, Paul. He says, good evening, drunk friends. Thoroughly enjoyed the Stuttering Craig interview. Definitely brought back a ton of memories watching early retro gaming YouTube videos instead of working on college assignments. I think we've all been there, Paul. Yeah. He says, anyway, one possible suggestion for a future interview is Billy from the Game Chasers, since they have a Game Chasers movie coming out later this year. On a recent live stream of his, I asked if he would be interested in doing an interview with you, and he replied, oh, I absolutely love the Drunk Friend podcast, and that those guys are simply the best deal in town. Or maybe it was something a bit more subdued, but still in the affirmative? Anyway, just an idea. I mean, we all know I'll keep listening to the podcast regardless, so completely ignoring my suggestion is also an option. Paul. That's very polite, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and ignore it if you don't like it. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with Game Chasers, to be honest with you, but I did see the trailer for their movie, which sounds kind of interesting. Uh, the premise does, anyway, where they're just chasing down games, chasing them games. Chasing them chasing games. Chasing that game rush. I watched them a bit back in the day, and it was pretty entertaining. It's just storage wars with video games. It is engaging and fun, so why not have Billy on? I choose to believe that he's just a huge fan of this show, and uh, as Paul says, he absolutely <laughs> loves the podcast and listens to it every week. So, Billy, reach out <laughs> if you're listening so so much. 
Yeah, and I think the first thing I would I would ask Billy, anybody that's a collector uh has some horror stories when it comes to uh opening something up and finding something that you didn't uh, expect mm. uh inside of it. Uh like I think it was Oh, I can never remember her name. Is it Kelsey? Uh that works for the gaming histor- yeah. history place. Yeah, she t- she's got some awful stories of like opening up an nes and there's like roaches inside you know like a lot of roaches yeah uh there's there's all sorts of stories like that so i want to know like you know has he been had by a um you know if it's gross like that or if he's been had by uh a uh, repro cart or anything like that in the past or you know if he bought uh if he thought he was buying little samson but instead got uh an nes rom hack of bill lambeer's combat basketball or something yeah i would i would like to, his take on that if if possible billy if you're listening billy if you're listening i'd also like to know what shampoo you use because you've always got nice hair i've always enjoyed your hair mm. you've always got a really really good nice soft flowing locks there all right next email there you want to take a john allen Riggs? Yeah. We got we got John Allen Riggs. He says, Dear Drunk Friend, in episode 58, you talked about N64 box covers. I thought, which ones do I still like? And he gives five, five examples. Number one, the 1998 game just called South Park has show accurate art, which is nice. Hmm. It is nice. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, Superman 64 is even worse as a game, but it has quality box art. Yeah, it does. It actually kind of does. It's probably the... If you're, if you're going to buy a game, buy it for the box art. Yeah, Superman... It has quality box art. I think I'll so. give it that. Yeah. Uh, number three, Harvest Moon 64 has good illustrations of the farmer and his dog, though I don't know if the box's background holds up. All right, I need to see this now. Yeah, I just bought this game, actually. It's fresh fresh in the collection. Fresh in the collection. Yeah, it doesn't look like it belongs with... It, it looks weird. It looks out of place, but it looks fine. I mean, it represents the game. But yeah, I, I see what he's saying. But um, did that set, did Harvest Moon set you back? That is, is that game in like huge demand? Uh, N sixty four. Yeah, this is one of the last few I needed. I mean, it's I don't know. It's probably in the top ten or fifteen uh, costly boys. That's one of those where it's the game holds up. You know, you might be paying an arm and a leg for it, but at least it's a good freaking game. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've not played a minute of a Harvest Moon, but uh, I'm afraid to because I'm afraid I won't stop playing it. To be honest, yeah, it's one of those things. It's uh, I have the SNES cartridge, and uh, yeah, if you love smashing rocks and clearing land and and digging up uh, digging up stuff, then <laughs> Harvest Moon is for you. Um, John Allen Riggs continues here. Number four, Paper Mario's box art is about as distinct as the game's graphics. Yep, that's another good one, I would say. Yeah. And then number five, he he gives a uh, Wonder Project J2, never officially translated, has 2D art, which reminds me of a 1990s Studio Gainax series. Am I saying that right? Gainax? Never heard of it. Uh, is that like Studio Ghibli? Like what? I don't know. Or at least like a cousin of Studio. It does have kind of a Studio Ghibli. Yeah, by that a... art. I would believe that. Huh. Interesting. What is Studio Gainax? I'm curious what this is. Oh, they did uh, Evangelion, which uh, is a, a very popular anime. Um, I'm trying to see what else they 
they've done that was popular i guess that was pretty much it i didn't know that i thought that was just i didn't know they were famous for that if that makes sense okay he continues one question any thoughts about the nintendo ds game retro game challenge published by x seed i mostly like it on the positive side it has decent homages to titles uh, such as galaga and dragon quest 2 as well as challenges in each faux retro game. On the negative side, it has too much dialogue despite a minimal plot, and the player's character's friend has too many sound clips. Have you played that game? I don't even know what that is. Uh, I just looked it up. I've not played it. I've not heard of it. Um, I would have not thought that it was what it was based on the name of it. It sounds yeah, like a compilation if, if I, or something. Yeah, if I if I hear the game name retro game, if I see that cover retro game challenge, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's a bunch of arcade games that nobody has the license to exactly. Anymore. Yeah, and they're just you know they're on like archive.org and like somebody some publisher just decided to gank them and put them on a on DS somehow. But uh, so what? It, this is just a bunch of. How many games are there? Four challenges to complete for each game, but it doesn't give a list of what the games are. I, I guess there's at least a space shooter in there. There's racing. Uh, huh. Interesting. Sounds I, interesting. Yeah. I don't know anything about this at all. Huh. Yeah, this is in a pretty big blind area for me. It's a handheld. Late 2000s handhelds is not my strong suit, that's for sure. But it does sound interesting. It says many of them are similar in both gameplay and appearance to real Famicom, real Famicom games of uh, back in the day. So they're just sort of modified so just, remakes of classics. Yeah, just facsimiles. Like we've got a Galaga-looking ship on the front there. Oh, each game has an original, uh, or each game is original, but with uh, they they all come with fully illustrated manuals. I mean, you can't beat that these days. Of course, that, that's this pretty cool. These days, this is fifteen years ago, but still, I love a good illustrated <laughs> manual. Yeah, of course. Uh, anything that adds to a game's lore like that, when it when it's uh, especially you know, real art like pen and paper, you know, actually somebody freaking sitting down and doing it, as opposed to just like, eh, here's some here's some text on some paper. Like those manuals suck. I hate those manuals. But yeah, if there's yeah. artwork and stuff. That's awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to uh, mess around with that or look into it more and get back to you. But it sounds interesting. Thanks for introducing Thanks, John. it. Yeah, it's cool. Did you know that during her various tomb raids, Laura Croft often contracts the services of a perverted Sherpa named Greg? Did you know that Gordon Freeman actually does talk? And once you hear his voice, you'll realize why the Half-Life game developers refuse to write any lines for him. Video games aren't always great at telling compelling stories. That's where the podcast Tales of the Lesser Medium comes in. Each season, me and my co-host Travis, we drive you through gaming's most absurd narratives, picking up every rejected character and hitting every plot hole along the way. Search Tales of the Lesser Medium on your podcast app of choice and get ready to laugh at your favorite video games with me, Travis, Greg the Pervert, Annoying Gordon Freeman, Barry, the Resident Evil Gun Dumper, and so many more wacky characters. Tales of the Lesser Medium. Uh, up next we got Mike he says hi drunk friends have you ever played a game and thought where has this game been all my life I just had that experience with G.O.D. on the Super Famicom I went into it not expecting much but I was totally blown away although set against the backdrop of a pretty apocalyptic alien invasion the game's story is mostly lighthearted, but there are a few major WTF moments 
If you have about 40 hours to burn, I would highly recommend this game. There is very little grinding, and the difficulty is about on par with Final Fantasy VI. Finishing these games is kind of bittersweet, because that's one less new experience I can have on my, fu- or on my favorite console. I play games on my phone a lot via emulation, mostly RPGs because I'm using the touchscreen. At this point, I've worked my way through much of the SNES and Super Famicom RPG library. In fact, G.O.D. marks the 50th RPG I've completed for the system. Alex, seeing as you've already reviewed much of the SNES library, you must know the feeling of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Luckily, the SNES is such a great console that even the bottom of the barrel contains some overlooked gems. Insert Metal Jesus jokes here. God damn it, Mike! We're not Ah. supposed to! Although, it's always exciting searching for the next game to play. I can't help but feel a slight sense of dread knowing that I'm inching ever closer to the point where I have completed every RPG worth playing on the Super Nintendo, and some that aren't worth playing. So what do retro gamers, aka old people, do when they run out of new old games to play? I guess there's always ROM hacks. However, I hold out hope that thermonuclear war will break out, and instead of sending civilization back to the Stone Age, it'll just send us back to 1992. That way, maybe we can experience some new Super Nintendo games. Stay drunk, Mike. What Good a great email, email, Mike. Yeah, that was uh, um, G.O.D. on Super Famicom. I remember finding that one a long, long time ago, before it was translated, just to see some of the pixel art and yeah, some of the monster design in this game is crazy. Uh, and this is truly a beaten off the beaten path type game too, because I think it's even done by a uh, publisher that is not very well known, or not a public a, de- a develop development team that's not the usual standard fare. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I haven't gotten into that one. Uh, as much as uh, obviously as much as Mike has, but it does definitely seem promising, uh, especially the fact that it's lighter in content uh, in terms of uh, theme, I guess. It's boy, this game doesn't even have a game facts entry. That's how off the beaten path this this is. I just looked at the cover and uh, that I mean that's interesting. Not, nothing screams 1992 like that. <laughs> Yeah, you got your guile looking guy mm-hmm. with the with the f- blonde flat top. Um, you got uh, everybody else pretty much looks like fighting game characters. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much it. So, um, and they are in fighting game poses at the top of the box art. Uh, yep, they got but, there's a somebody's got to have the denim cutoffs and some guy that's wearing a vest for no reason and uh, some camo pants. So yeah, it's it's yep. a full on 1992 good time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I think ninety one was more my, 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 uh, up my alley because that's when the Twins won the World Series. Right, of course. The North Stars went to the Stanley Cup. Um, nineteen ninety one was just fun. Uh, I don't know why. I and and that was when I got my Super Nintendo. But as far as when the Super Nintendo got really good, it was probably not till ninety three. Right, right. I so sh- I should point out that God actually came out in uh, nineteen ninety six. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah right on good email mike we appreciate you i do i love the idea that um a thermonuclear war only sets us back to 1992 that'd be kind of cool <laughs> what what year would you want to go back to i think, I think would you want to go ahead what if, what if you could go ahead though 
Like, do you want to go to twenty fifty? No, twenty one hundred. No, see, I don't. I don't think we're taking a good. I don't think we're taking good care of the place. I don't think it's going to be better then. I'm not saying that it was better before, but um, I'd rather go back before and make the future better. You know, maybe. What uh, if you could go to other fi- <laughs> <laughs> fictional uh, futures, though? Like, what if you went into Marvel's twenty ninety nine universe? I don't know where what's going on with all- Marvel, but. It's like the early 90s version of what 2099 would look like. It's kind of cool. Remember how in the 80s, like the 80s had a certain vision for the future. Everything was all Blade Runner-y mm-hmm. with like cars and like neon lights and it was constantly raining and uh, Harrison Ford was always grimacing. Lots of neon. And, uh, yeah, lots of neon, lots of like giant advertisements and stuff, like holographic advertisements. I'm still waiting for those from Back to the Future and and Blade Runner, but, um, yeah, the, I like how each, um, era though has its own vision of the future. Uh, I don't really like ours at the moment, uh, in terms of like fictional universes Mm. that we're seeing fictional futures, I should say not universes, but, uh, yeah, I, I like the '80s version of the future, is what I'm trying to say. But that was a long. Oh, I get time. what you're saying. I think I'm a little nostalgic for that, to be honest with you. I, I get what you're saying there. I like that. Like, kind of a cyberpunk feel to it. Yeah. You put, put on some Billy Idol on cassette, mm-hmm. and then just watch some Blade Runner, watch some uh, Repo Man. You know, that's the, all that all those great movies. Brazil was another great movie from back then that had kind of a weird feel to it, like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, what's your cure? Do you have a fear? Because uh, not a, not a legitimate fear. I don't mean like you're you're uh, in bed at night chewing your fingernails and rocking back and forth in a nervous sweat. But no, I'm doing that anyway. Sure, and that's for a number of reasons that you need to maintain. But like, what about you know you've played through most? I mean, you're about done with the with the Super Nintendo library. You probably found honestly, you've been down in the mines. You've probably found all the good, all the good, good. Uh, are you does it i mean you're in the arcade stuff now but does it kind of bum you out that you've you've found most of the good good or do you think there's still some treasure out there i don't really care okay <laughs> um it's fine i i think the arcade the fact that there's like a gazillion arcade games out there i, I that really helps uh there, there's also neo geo a lot of that stuff has that big bright arcade style pixel art um, I don't know how much of their their good stuff was made for home console though that didn't just show up in the arcades that I've missed out on. But yeah, it's 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 fine. There's still like eight, you know the personal computer stuff that was never ported. There's still lots of stuff that still hasn't been translated. I'm sure there'll still be stuff by the time I'm long gone that people are still working on. Yeah. So you know, translating and and uh, making games. M- certain games pal- more palatable to uh, other audiences and stuff like that. So on different f- formats and platforms. So yeah, yeah, it'll be uh I'm not, it's not something I, I don't have any existential dread about that. No. Do you? No, no, not at all. I was, it wasn't really a real question, but I thought no. maybe you could, you could say something like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of tapped out on RPGs though. And maybe that, cause this is what Mike's saying. He's saying there's not, you know, I'm, I'm almost done with the RPGs in the era of gaming I love. And that kind of bums me out and you're not going to get that from arcades. So yeah, I guess your, your main bet is just to wait for uh, someone who grew up in the era to be inspired to recreate that and uh, release it on the switch. Cause there's a ton of those and I've been playing a few. Um, but yeah, just get some of that new, that neutro. Ha, yeah. Um, there are, 
a few really good, you know, retro styled games that are still being made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everything from Mega Man Nine to uh, Streets of Rage Four. You know, the, even maintaining some of the same franchises like those. So it's it's not dire, but I, I do see what uh, what Mike is saying here in terms of um, the the fact that it's RPGs like that. You know, th- those games are hard to make and hard to make well, especially um, because uh, we've seen even the good RPGs that are retro styled. They're usually like 8-bit, you know, like even something like uh, Octopath Traveler, which I've been playing recently. That's mm. got this like gorgeous 16-bit art style, really cool and unique looking presentation. But it's just kind of okay the game is just fine it's definitely not anywhere near you know some of the classics that we're all you sick of hearing about uh but it's it's it, as a game it's just fine it's okay uh i i like the battle system i like how each character has a unique trait that you get to use when talking to villagers and stuff like that like you can buy stuff off of them or you can challenge them to a fight or whatever but it's still just kind of you know it's it's not like this like oh it's it's a forgotten classic it's pulled straight out of 1994 blah 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 it's like uh, it's it's okay it it works it's fine you're a hard one to impress (laughs) what what a guy oh no I, I, i the game looks amazing and the music is incredible it's just the story is just there the fact that there's not a whole lot of interaction between the stories themselves there is between the characters barely but the story itself is just kind of like shuffling from this one to the next one to this one and then it's it's all very static which kind of sucks but i don't know i get it yeah it's i mean it's really hard to there's something about the the retro stuff that was made in the retro time that i appreciate more i don't get into like the 8-bit inspired new stuff because I think what interests me most about the NES games is that these games were created with all of these constraints of one having never been made before and two um, no one really knew what they were doing and they were just trying new things yeah. out like Lone Ranger and in and, and, uh, Laser Invasion uh, as good oh, examples go. Th- those were really awesome attempts at something I mean as as not yeah. fun as they are today at the time I bet somebody fucking squealed with delight when they realized what they had done and that I, I find a real thrill in playing stuff like that but if that game came out now and they're like look at this new retro inspired game it's called Laser Invasion I'd be like get that out of my fucking face you can do better. Can you imagine if somebody made a light gun? <laughs> <laughs> Brand new light gun game for NES. It's like, uh... <laughs> yeah. How about no? And I, I think yeah. a lot of it, too, is... And I think you're a little bit like this, where we're kind of historians in some small way, too. Like, it's... We're really just digging for artifacts. We're like Indiana Jones in through these catalogs, <laughs> looking for stuff that is old and out there and is is kind of interesting and weird because it's from a different time and the new stuff that emulates that is as neat as it is it doesn't really have the the draw to it i'm not like into that as much i can appreciate it and be like oh that was clearly inspired from the stuff i love and that's really cool um and if i were to make a game it would probably look just like that but it doesn't interest me nearly as much well i liken it to um i i the I call it the Metallica principle 
or I don't know if it's a principle or just a, a, a Metallica thing where when Metallica really got popular in the uh, mid 80s, late 80s, early 90s, all of a sudden here comes all these other metal bands. It's seemingly every other metal band. It's like, oh, we can do that too. Dun, 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 dun. We can palm mute real fast and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like do riffs like that and uh, play solos, wah pedal real fast like that. And they sound, you know, it's like, yeah, you're good, but you're just, all you're doing is just saying, like, we like Metallica too. We're playing <laughs> along. It's like you're not doing anything new. I mean, not that you have to. I mean, there's bands like ACDC and Rammstein and stuff like that that do one particular song type and that's all they do. And that's perfectly fine. But it's it's when you're kind of aping another band's style and just being like, well, we can do that too. That's fun. That sounds like fun. I want to do that. It's like, well, yeah, it's probably fun for you to play, but that doesn't mean it's fun to listen to. Right. And that's kind of how I feel about some of the retro-inspired stuff now. It's like, yeah, I'm sure that was fun to make. It's a love letter to the NES, blah, 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 whatever. And it, I hate that cliche, the love letter cliche. It's, I don't even get I, the I, love I, letter I, thing at oh, all. It's so dumb. It's so corny, cringy. I, uh, it just drives me up a wall when I hear it, when I read it. I don't even but, get it. Like, um, if I wrote somebody a love letter, it's not to just, it's not to copy them. <laughs> like, what does that even no, mean? No. <laughs> I think they mean, like, they're talking about, like, ye olden love letters from, like, the 18th, 17th century. Like, oh, uh, what correspondence have I gotten from Lord Hathaway today? <laughs> or, you know, like, <laughs> you know, people writing with quills and stuff like that. It's, it's, that is a love letter like have you ever seen <laughs> have you ever seen the garfield christmas special <laughs> yes that's a total believe it or not order. yes i have but okay so the at the at spoiler alert at the end of the garfield christmas special he presents grandma with those uh love letters mm-hmm. she that her husband who had passed away uh garfield just stumbled upon him and gave them to her and she starts reading them out loud and it's all these like cheesy cliches because he's off at the war that's that's what i think of when i think of love letters i think of the garfield christmas special no wonder you hate the term well yeah i Uh, I like that show but oh sure who would uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it is a weird term, and not to steal the thunder from what you're saying. I I, do, I hate the cliche, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm not as into the quote unquote love letter harkening back <laughs> games. Some of them are fun though. I can't discount all of them. Like the messenger's great. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, shovel knight's fucking great. Like there's a lot of them that that just totally. Well, nailed. shovel knight has shovel knight's a lot more than just uh, sure aping. Yeah, Sh- shovel knight. Like if 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 Metallica's Metallica. Or if Metallica is the original, then Shovel Knight's like Sepultura. Like they've got Igor <laughs> Ka- fucking Cavalera on drums. They've got Max on vocals and guitar. They're kicking ass every show. Like yeah, that's that that game is head and shoulders above all that all the rest of the stuff. Yeah, but I'm talking about yeah. There's there's certain stuff I've had people send me. Uh, like steam codes and stuff like that. Back when that was like really novel to me, like, like holy crap, someone sent me their game, and then it's like I can't make a video on this. Like, <laughs> for one thing, there, there's just not enough gameplay and not enough variety for me to get a, a decent video out of this. Man, if so only I'm just not Gary going Kitchen to. had sent it to you, <laughs> there's a minute and a half worth of Gary Kitchen material at all times on this planet. There we go. Could have really done something with that. 
And, and and you know what? If if all else fails, just make the game a, a, either one, a Metroidvania, or two, a roguelike. Or both. Or both. Yeah. What would that be called? Uh, a Metroid-like? Rogue, Rogue-tra-vania. I like that, too. Uh, Rogue-troidvania, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, good email, Mike. I think you, you got our gears churning over here and so hope garfield christmas special christmas special you'll you'll think of that thank you for this love letter in the in the middle of uh right before labor day weekend as as we're talking about uh retro games exactly things that totally go together exactly and also not all retro gamers are aka old people mike come on we're still (laughs) we're still young we can still see to play these games with our thumbs i mean that's that's you know, you see something. with your thumbs. No, I'm just saying, like we can still see, and we're agile enough with our hands. We're not arthritic yet. We're still okay. We're hanging in there as retro gamers. You know, do you do any exercises with your thumbs or your fingers or anything like that? Do you stretch? Uh, well, no, not typically. But I have played some games that have really cramped me up, and uh, I've had to really do some stretch, some post stretching. I can't remember what they were off the top of my head, but something where like. I just had to hammer a button over and over again, like one of those games that maybe you had to like show Ugh. a feat of strength by tapping A a billion times really fast. <laughs> that's, that's the worst. Oh, yeah. fucking just the carpal tunnel, just oof, oofing out. Yeah. Yep. I do like stretches for podcasts, though. Like I do read, I have a whole page of uh, tongue twisters I read every time before we talk. The uh, New York, what, 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 is, what does he say at the beginning of uh, Unique New York? That's, the, that's what you're supposed to say. Unique New York. Yeah, you say Unique New York, you need New York. You know you need Unique New York. Wow. That is one of them. Yeah, I, wow. I, I have a whole three-minute thing, man. I go through a bunch. They're fun. Wow. Gets, that's pretty cool. Gets my lips and my teeth uh, going. Because normally I just yeah. sound like a like a hill like if I don't do those and we talked I'd just sound like boom hair man I'd just be like hey man how's it going? <laughs> hey, I, don't, I don't even I don't even open my mouth when I talk <laughs> I go bang on no man I think I'm got dumb shit dude that's what it would sound like I would just sound like boom Howard talking about video games <laughs> I have to get my lips uh, and tongue in order. Speaking of right which, on. I'm getting Invisalign soon. That can be a point of discussion later in the uh, in the month, uh, a few weeks from now, because I'll probably have an awful lisp, and I can't wait to torture the audience with it. Oh, wonderful! Oh, Invisalign. You mean the uh, the braces? Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, the lady. You'll, you'll be you'll be you'll be glad you did that. I think so. But the lady said, like, yeah, you'll definitely have a lisp for a couple weeks, and I was like, great. I speak most of the time, so this will be fun. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Be It'll be fine. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, that's been another Drunk Friend podcast. I told you we were just going to sit around, talk college football, bring up the N64 for no reason, and then answer a few emails, and that's exactly what we did. And yep. you can reach out to us if you have questions or comments you would like to have read out here on the show at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We'll respond or read it here eventually. Go to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us or our crew. I got to say, we got that Tales of the Lesser Medium. Caleb and I just dropped a new series about Contra. It's pretty funny. If you've ever wondered what the Contra story was, what's going on in Contra? What's up with Bill and Lance? Why is that important? I don't know. We're going to teach you anything, but you're, you're guaranteed to laugh at least a few times by listening to it because we definitely tried. And then there's Petey's Power Hour. 
for your beverage-related entertainment. Polykill, if you like, I don't know, N64 game top fives and uh, video games in general. And, of course, IndieQuest for all of those under-the-radar titles you missed. Yeah, and uh, you can always stick with Drunk Friend, too, because if you want to talk about if the Beatles had their own racing game. The Beatles. Uh, if uh, Gar- Garfield Christmas Special and how it relates to retro video games, Metallica, Sepultura. Mm-hmm. What else did we talk about? Did we miss anything? Uh, I think we talked about everything we could possibly talk about. I think so. I think we covered everything. But uh, like absolutely everything that's ever happened. But if it, it, so, you need to. If you're listening to this, you need to send us an email so we have something new to talk about. Please. But if you're not interested in doing that, it's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and a review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. In fact, in fact, the next person, the next people to to leave us a rating or a spe- specifically a review, we'll fucking read it out here on the show, and Alex will do it in his Beatles accent. I just signed you up for it. You can find oh it- just. <laughs> A review, Lee Just a little review, Lee Woodley. It's Just better when you do it. Type, I don't know why I tried. Uh, Typely lipity. <laughs> and I will do it in my Boomhauer accent. Uh, if there's two, <laughs> if there's two, I'll do the other one. You can find us on social media. I'm at Traff Plays Games. Alex, of course, you can find him at Snest Drunk. And as always, the music you heard at the beginning and you can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolory. The track you hear is called Electric Starbounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to Josh Leslie. There's your tongue twister. Shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. Thank you, Josh. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. 